dare great things for Christ. Christ calls us to dare great things. In the marketplace, as well as in the mission field, there has never been a time like the present for the spirit of the Catholic entrepreneur. Now is the time for men and women of great courage and great vision to engage our church and our culture. Now is the time to dare great things. And here is your host as we dare great things, Father Nathan Cromley, the president and founder of the St. John Institute. Without a doubt, leadership is hard and challenging. And sometimes we get so used to its challenge that we forget that we can make it successful. We learn to get used to the very things that can cause our downfall. But it doesn't have to be this way. One of the big elements we struggle with as leaders is our ability to plan effectively. Our ability to see our way through changing circumstances. This ability is impeded by what we call fog. And understanding fog is the key to overcoming it. You know, I don't care if you're a mom or if you're a dad or if you're a business owner or I don't care whatever role you have as a leader, you are there in order to make things happen. Like it or not, execution on plans is why you are in that position. I mean, if mom isn't there to pick up the living room floor, very few people are going to pick it up. Right? If mom isn't there to help insist that the children wash their hands before they sit down at the table, odds are the children won't learn to wash their hands. I mean, action is an essential part of what it means to lead. And for many of us, we find ourselves blocked in that action. And that, of course, is, you know, it's understandable and it's forgivable and, you know, all of that. Unless you're the person underneath you. I mean, think in your own life of examples of leaders who have been ineffective, ineffectual, who haven't actually gotten the job done. It's very difficult to work for them. And if you put yourself in the position of people underneath you, will all of them feel the effects of where your leadership lacks? For good or for ill, the people underneath us are gauges of just how effective we actually are when we lead. I remember that quote a a guy told me one time. I thought that was very interesting. He said, you know what makes a leader? And I said, what is that? And he said, if people are following. (laughs) He said, if you look over your shoulder and there are people following you, then you're a leader. It made things real simple, right? That wasn't very complicated. Well, that means that if people are following me, it's because I'm doing something. Action is at the heart of all forms of leadership. A leadership is not a contemplative uh, thing. Leadership is a thing of action, right? So then if I want to say, well, what impacts my leadership and makes me better or worse, I can start there and I can look at, well, what it, where is it that my actions are either heightened or what is it that's impeding them from moving forward? So most of you are here because you want to learn how to be that leader wherever God has put you. Some of you are business owners. Some of you are managers. Some of you are are professionals and entrepreneurs. Some of you are, are moms and dads looking to lead your family better. It doesn't really matter what your circumstance is. All of us need to improve our ability to act. And when you, so let's break that down. What does St. Thomas Aquinas teach us about action? 
He says action has four stages, right? So he doesn't say it like this, of course. This is the St. John Leadership Network original here. But at the same time, this is all right out of St. Thomas Aquinas. He says, in order to act, you need to do four things. The first thing you need to do is be able to prioritize what it is that you want to achieve. The second thing that you need to do is choose the means to get there. Choose the way that you're going to actually bring about that success. The third thing you need to do is effectuate the means that is actually act on the way that you've chosen and put it into practice. And then the fourth thing that you need to do is share in the joy of what you have achieved and share that with others and rest in it yourself. So those four essential abilities make up every human act. And if human acts make up the essence of leadership, then those four abilities are also the four pillars of leadership. Now, we will struggle with some of those more than others. Some of us will struggle with one in particular. Others will struggle with two in particular. But in the end, the rising or the falling of our leadership depends on how well we can do those four things. And so I want to focus today with you in on the second one of those four. The first, of course, is the ability to, to determine what you want to do. So I, we call that aspire at the St. John Leadership Network. And that's basically equated in St. Thomas Aquinas with the formation of the intention. Or if you were in, in art, it'd be the formation of inspiration, right? Where you, you know what you want to achieve. And yesterday in session one, we looked at what the opposite of that is. And we said it's fatalism, right? So fatalism is the, the reason why we allow ourselves to stay put in an inactive, sterile kind of modality that kills all of our leadership. But it's not the only problem that we have. The second element of every action of a leader is their ability to make decisions, to choose amongst many possible things, what's the right thing to do. And the opposite of that ability to clearly see what there is to be done is called fog. So when we say fog here, of course, at the Leadership Network, we mean something bigger than just, you know, the immediate connotation of that word fog. We mean everything that, that exists that keeps you back from seeing your way forward and finding your pathway amidst many possible ways to reach your goal. So fog is actually one of the most common problems that leaders have to overcome within themselves. We know what we want to do in general, or we've been given a plan to effectuate, but we stumble when we have to put into practice a concrete, real, strategic uh, action plan. When we have to prioritize objectives, for example, and place those objectives in their right timing, and then follow through on it with a, a real vision for how to get things done. And of course, this is a real blessing. When you can have someone on your team that actually is good at this and is strong in strategic thinking, wow, wow, there's almost nothing that'll hold you back. If you can dream it, someone else can build it, well, then you're most likely to be able to do it. But we have to pass through this stage and it's one of the hardest ones. And why is that? That's because what St. Thomas Aquinas teaches us is that in the world of art, so if you're like just trying to make a business plan, well, that's one thing. You, you, you almost have to do things in a certain way if you got to get them done at all. But when it comes to moral decisions, 
you have many ways that you can go about making that happen. There's a timing factor. There's a choice about what to emphasize when. There's a decision about how much you can balance with the other things going on that go beyond simply artistic realization and that really call into to question the moral uh, care for your people, care for yourself, balance with your family, that all has to be a part of the working environment. And so we as leaders are stuck because if it was just a matter of building a piano, well, I mean, we know how to build a piano. There's a manual for that. There's probably an app for that, right? <laughs> and you just follow the steps on how you build a piano, right? It's not that hard. And if you don't do those steps, it probably won't work. But when it's not just about doing something specific like building a piano, there's most of the time a thousand different ways, all of which are good for us to proceed if, in order to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish. And that's where most of us trip up. Should I go to college first? Do I need to go to college at all? If I go to college, which college should I go to? This one or that one? And both of them seem good. And at the one, there's a strong Newman Center and I can keep my Catholic faith going strong. How, and the, but the other one is really good in academics and I'll probably get a good job. What does God want me to do? Should we have another child? Right? How many do we, are we supposed to have? Well, I, I, I mean, wow, is that ever a difficult decision to make? And we can agonize over it because it can seem that the good that we want in our life could be achieved in many different ways. And it makes it really hard as a leader when people turn to us and they say, we need action, we need a decision. And you look around saying, well, I just don't know what to decide on. What are we to do? Well, the good news is Christ can lead us there. He's put us in that position to make the action happen. And he's also going to help us find the way. Would you like to hear more from Father Nathan? Join the St. John Leadership Network and receive a two-minute glance at the gospel every Sunday morning right to your phone. To learn more, go to www.stjohnleadershipnetwork.org member and join for free today. So I just love St. Thomas Aquinas. I, I love him as a thinker. I love the way that he approaches reality. And I find he's an amazing, he was a, a Dominican friar who lived in the 13th century, so the 1200s, and he taught and preached a, a lot. He's actually one of the most brilliant minds probably in all of Western history. And he was a, a very, he was a saintly man who loved Christ and loved the Bible very deeply. And he was a gift to us because he wrote down much of his thinking in a book called the Summa Theologica. And when you read it, you can't help but being a little bit overwhelmed just at the brilliance of this person's uh, perceptions of reality. And one of the places where he's strongest is where he lays out what it means for us to act. What does it mean for us to make decisions, to make choices? And so I want to go into his thinking with you because I think it's exactly what we need for each one of us today, especially if you struggle with fog. That is, if you really have a hard time making decisions about how to do things. I, first of all, can understand that. I think a lot of people can. It's really hard to prioritize when you only have four workers, right? And those four workers only have eight hours a day to work. What do you get them to work on first? It's one thing to be able to say, hey, things need to get done. It's quite another thing to say, this is the first thing that needs to get done. 
This is the second thing that needs to get done. This is, if we do the second one in this way, then it'll reduce the time on the third thing. I mean, wow. And that ability to kind of see the whole and then break it down and, and find a pathway forward that's effective. It's very difficult for some people. And for other people, it's the, where their gifts most shine. Here's something you can remember. Strategy is a question of choice and focus. It's not a question of everything to be achieved. It's a question of how you're going to do it and what you're going to focus on. Ah, but there's the rub, right? It's simple, but not easy. Because if that's the question, what should I focus on? There's this to focus on and this to focus on and so many things to be done that deciding to not do these things, to say yes to something means to say no to something else. And once we accept that, how do I know what to say no to and what to say yes to? A lot of us then kind of fall into a panic, fall into a fear of making mistakes, fall into a confusion of any kind that keeps us from making those decisions. And we call that confusion fog. Well, St. Thomas Aquinas lays out a way to go beyond fog. He says, wherever you have a, a multiplicity of means that can get you to the same end, you need to take the time to deliberate. You need to consider your options. And that word consider actually comes from the Latin word considerium, which means to sit with. Considerium. Would you pull up a chair and sit with me? To sit on something literally means to consider it, to, to weigh out the various options. Taking the time and slowing down to plan, in other words, is critical in order to achieve success through our actions. It's like that old axiom, failing to plan is planning to fail, right? We've all heard that a million times. Well, taking the time to, to, to map things out is the best way to make sure that we actually arrive at the destination we want to get there. Uh, a lot of times, especially for entrepreneurs, we're used to, to saying, instead of ready, aim, fire, we say, ready, fire, aim. <laughs> but that's not really the best way to hit the target. Ready, fire, aim. Like instead you ready, aim, fire. Well, that aiming time frame is simply a critical function of leadership. And it's also one of the most exciting places because it's the place that invites the most collaboration. When we can sit down and consider, considerium, to sit together and ponder on how we can move forward, we usually will find our way the best. So what does this mean to ponder our way forward? Aquinas is very specific. He says, what you're actually doing is comparing all of the different ways that are on your docket, the different th ways that you can achieve a desired goal, but then you need to compare them at, at, at two levels. Number one, which of the means is easiest to do for you? And which of the means, on the other hand, is the most effective in terms of producing the end goal? And you try to make a balance between what you actually can do and what what means is actually the closest or the most apt for achieving the end goal that you have in mind. And that's what you're weighing because you could take something that's really easy to do, but it might be ineffective. And on the other hand, you could take something that's very powerful and very effective, but it might be out of your reach. And in both of those scenarios, you're going to fail. That's not the right means. It's not because it's easy and close at hand that it's actually going to work. 
And it's not because it works for everyone else that it's going to work for you. And don't be afraid. What you're actually doing is engaging your practical intelligence here. This is why you're a leader because you're smart <laughs> and you need to believe in yourself and, and, and deploy your strengths of your mind and use the strengths in your team to actually make a really good consideration of the, these different means information, data, facts are all really key here because they tell us what reality is and they help us understand what kind of means will actually be effective, but equally important is the gut instinct of the leader and the knowledge the leader has of the condition of his people, the morale of his team, and what else is happening around that particular, your particular organization so that you can actually balance, well, there might be a fine and powerful means. It's not the best one for us to take. If you think, for example, of the miracle on ice, that incredible uh, game in 1980 Olympics where the American hockey team upset the Russians for the gold medal, the means that the coach took were not the most powerful means if you base hockey on individual performance. He didn't have the best players. They were outmatched. He didn't have the most skillful people. So he adopted a different means. And he said, we're going to do it as a team. And our teamwork is going to overcome the individual talents of the Russians. And in fact, that's exactly what happened. You see, so he strategized a different approach, one that wasn't necessarily the most powerful of tools on the outside itself, but one that his team could actually handle. And because they could handle it, it was proved effective. And that's really where the consideration comes into the play. When you consider things as a team, you're looking at the circumstances, everything that comes in around what's going on, the timing, the morale, the, the state of your equipment, what the market conditionings are, conditions are happening, the age of the people involved, your own age, your own morale, you need input. You need time to consider, but you need to see what kind of constraints you have, what kind of advantages you have and where exactly the challenge to overcome lies, mapping it out, sitting it down, looking at where things are here and now for your team as it is realistically is actually the key to be able to finding the right tool for that your people can actually wield to render the effect that you desire. And that's what is happening when you're planning. Your planning stage is about choosing a means that's both adapted to your team and effective to the end in the light of the circumstances that are at play. And that's why having good advice givers and good counsel at this moment is absolutely critical to success. The better your data, the more thorough your understanding of the environment, the more instinctual and accurate your grasp of your own team, and the more time that you are able to give to it, well, the easier it becomes to know what you're supposed to choose and what you're supposed to focus on in order to be successful. Would you like to start your Thursday mornings with a scriptural leadership lesson? Join the St. John Leadership Network where Father Nathan hosts a 30-minute call at 6.30 a.m. in all four U.S. time zones. To learn more, go to www.stjohnleadershipnetwork.org slash member and join for free today. A thing that often 
oftentimes beleaguers, uh, Christian leaders in particular, is that we're trying to take this counsel and take this, make these decisions that we have to make in the light of God's will. And I have met so many wonderful Christian people who are, who are absolutely in a fog about their life. And it always kind of strikes me as being odd because we're supposed to be walking in faith, which is a light. It's a light. It's not darkness. You know, Christ says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Well, then why do so many people seem to walk in darkness who know Christ? Wondering constantly, am I doing the right thing? Is this what God wants me to do? We come to the crossroads in our lives and we stand there and stare. <laughs> we say, well, I mean, where will I end up if I go to the left? Where will I end up if I go to the right? And there's a fear that can come in that I probably am going to choose the wrong thing. Well, let's remember this. First of all, the failure to choose is itself a choice. When you don't make a choice, you're actually making a choice, right? So you're making a choice not to choose, which is a choice, right? So you almost risk more by not choosing than you do by choosing what's wrong. At least if you go down the wrong path, you'll know it and be able to adjust. And you'll probably be able to adjust having gained some sort of advantage from the, from the path that you chose. But if you do not choose any path at all, well, you're not going to be progressing in any direction at all either. And as we all know, if you stand there long enough, eventually you'll turn around and go back. Leadership requires action. Remember that your planning and your strategizing is not there to show how every plan will fail. It's there to show how the chosen plan will succeed. <laughs> and I need to emphasize that because there are some personalities that just love this stage so much because they can shoot down absolutely every good idea. And when you find those types of people, it's wonderful if you are that person. It's a wonderful position to be in because you're very smart and you get to show all the ways something will fail. <laughs> but at the same time, you're not doing your job because your job is to show how we're going to succeed and not just how we're going to fail, right? So it's good to be cautious and to know how things will fail, but you need to be helping to find that decision of what's the one that's going to actually be the best to do. And then is there any guarantee? There's no guarantee. And that's why you're going to be a leader in the next phase as you carry it out. But at least in this phase, you're trying to find the best option. It might not be the perfect option, but it'll at least be the option to take you to the next step. One of the biggest problems at this level and this stage in leadership is when we try to be perfect. Perfectionism will kill it. Because sometimes you can't have the perfect option. Your people just don't have the skills. The market just won't allow you to find good talent. You don't have the funding that you need in order to do the easy, perfect way that will guarantee success. Remember though, the success isn't guaranteed by a plan. Success is guaranteed by the people and the heart who effectuate a given plan with intelligence right? In other words, you might not be able to have the tool that's going to solve all problems, but tools usually don't solve problems. People solve problems, right? And you are that person. So get it into your head. We're going to succeed. We're going to find our way. And sometimes the, the better is the enemy of the good, right? So this is good. This is the best one we could think of given our circumstances. 
and we're ready to make a plan to execute and move forward on. I see this in the gospel all the time. I see our Lord asking his apostles to make things happen and then not giving them the way. He says, go ye therefore into all nations, baptizing them and making them disciples. But he doesn't tell them how to do it. He says, teach them to command all that I, I told you to do. But what, how do we actually do that? He leaves an incredible freedom amongst the apostles to deploy their talents in the ways that each one has, but to find the means that they can actually take to effectuate the will that the Lord has expressed. He's very clear that he has a desired goal. And then he's also very ambiguous about the means. What are we supposed to do? Well, St. Thomas Aquinas again comes to our rescue and he says, of course, pray, ask God to enlighten you. And then he says, do this, look to your own will, look to the mind and the heart that God gave you. Ask God to guide your mind. Ask God to incline your heart towards what he knows and what he wants for you. But you will know this. God will move you to want what he wants. And you need to look inside and follow that heart. Unless God gives you, of course, an extraordinary sign. But even if he gives you an extraordinary sign, it still has to be something that's confirmed by your own desire. Don't be afraid, in other words, of your own will and your own mind. The Lord uses the mind and the will that he himself made and gave to you as his instruments. And so we who are leaders need to own what we choose. We need to understand the best thing. And in that process, God will show us his will. So you pray as if everything depended upon God. And you worked as if everything depended upon you. Now, the as if is the key, because obviously everything depends upon God and we trust in him. But how do you just, how do you settle the qualms of your conscience that says, it really should be God who's guiding me? You leave it in his hands in your prayer, and then you make the best decision that you can, knowing that it might not be the best, it might not work, but trusting that God will lead you as you go and making the best decision that you can amongst the possibles that you have. Fog, in other words, is the fact that you don't know God's will in an explicit way, or the fact that you are left to walk in faith is not an excuse for inactivity. Fog is not a good thing. Fog is actually something that can hamper you and leave you at the crossroads of life, indecisive, waffling, without giving your people direction forever. You need to be able to move through it. Christ wants you to, and he gives you that light. Be not afraid to focus and to choose the means that you're able to do to reach the end that you desire to achieve. Dare great things for Christ. Share your feedback with Father Nathan. Send us an email at info at stjohninstitute.org. That's info at stjohninstitute.org. And don't forget to subscribe to premium video content to form, unite, and inspire you at Eagle Eye Pro on our website, eagleeyeministries.org. That's eagleeyeministries.org.